0: We are definitely hyped for the start of the college football season. And for most of us, that means this weekend, primarily Saturday. But at least for one of us, they get a jump on everybody else because they get a chance to play Thursday night and get it going in which the spotlight will pretty much be all theirs, and by they, I'm talking about the tribe of William & Mary, uh, very highly ranked in all of the FCS preseason polls and deservedly so, coming off an 11-win season last year and all these guys, all these all-conference and all-American standouts that are back and we'll see just how good Mike London's team is beginning Thursday night when William & Mary opens the season in Buies Creek, North Carolina against the Campbell Camels, one of the new teams in the CAA. The schedule maker didn't do Campbell any favor by giving them preseason favorite William & Mary for its first game. One of our favorites, the voice of the tribe, Jay Colley, joins us this afternoon. How you doing, my friend?
1: Uh, my my junior broadcasting friend, uh, yeah, just... Bob Black. <laughs> I'm doing fine, Bob, and, and just for, for you, I came out to practice right now, so I'm sitting high atop Zabel Stadium overlooking the tribe practice and getting ready for the big game, the big tilt down at Campbell <laughs> on Thursday night.
0: I can hear the excitement in your voice, and you're giving <laughs> us that eyewitness perspective that only you can give us from practice. Don't give us too many secrets. I don't want Coach uh, London you, on my you know, um, Coach
1: London. You know, Coach London, if I if I tell you what color uniforms you're wearing, he's not going to be happy. But yes, I'll, we'll, we'll digress there. Go ahead.
0: Uh, <laughs> hey, Jay, when I was mentioning to, to the audience a little earlier in the hour that you were coming on at 430, and I said, you know, he, Jay's been around a long time. He went through some great teams and great um, windows of – teams with Jimmy Laycock at William & Mary, but, but I wonder how you kind of frame what you're in the midst of right now between, you know, last year and this year. I know the window's smaller than under Coach Laycock for the time being, but this is pretty heady stuff for the Tribe.
1: It is, Bob, and it's been a long time coming, as you, as you well know. I mean, the last time the Tribe made the playoffs was 2015, last year advancing with uh, 10 regular season wins, and then a win in the playoffs, and a, uh, a loss in the quarterfinals out there at Montana. And speaking of Coach Laycock, he is here at practice today, and he comes out to practice quite a bit. I was just talking to him, and he said, "I said, Coach, you want me to to give you the phone because Bob is going to be talking to me about Tribe football." He said, "No, Jay, because uh, I, the first thing I would say was I'd be, I'm talking to a real uh, broadcaster." But anyway, I, I, I move on from that. Uh, but um, you're right; we we are talking about some some heady numbers for this team. Not only. The tribe averaged 265 yards on the ground last year, which, as you well know, is just unheard of in in modern day football. Uh, but also, only gave up less than 20 yards, uh, 20 points per game last year. So it was truly an offense and defensive juggernaut that Coach London uh, has uh, assembled. Um, eight returning starters on offense, seven slash eight on defense. Uh, the two deep uh, depth chart is is. Uh, um, he is very, very uh, uh, mature and got a lot of snaps underneath him. I'm looking at a guy like Isaiah Jones, not even talking about John Pius and, and uh, uh, Nate Lynn, the two All-American candidates for the Tribe, but a guy like Isaiah Jones, I think he started every uh, game at, at, at linebacker since the turn of the century. I mean, we've got some veterans on that defensive side of the football
0: so where does it all start for you guys? I mean, I know coaches love to say, "Oh, it starts in the trenches. We win games in the yeah. trenches." You mentioned uh, Lynn and Pius, obviously on that on that defensive line. If you were to kind of go inside out with what's making this football team so good, you know, where are you kind of starting with these guys?
1: Well, I mean, look, you do a sports talk show, and, and I, I've never done one, but what's the number one position in every level of football, <laughs> all the way to the NFL? It's quarterback. <laughs> So oh, Jay, you can now do
0: a sports talk show. Okay. You got that question right. You can now do a sports <laughs> talk show.
1: <laughs> Darius Wilson uh, is, uh, I feel like, uh, the, the best quarterback in this league. Now, a guy named Poppenberger, we'll see him at all. being is very good. Um, but Darius Wilson has all the tools. He's smart. He's got uh, great legs. He can run the football. He, he's got great, great football IQ, as Coach London says. And, and, oh, by the way, he can pass it as well. And he's got some pretty good uh, talent up front to give him time. I mean, yes, the guy, uh, the team lost Colby Sorsdahl, who just signed a, a nice contract with the Detroit Lions in the NFL. But Marcus Crowell, who was injured last year and who was an all CA player two years ago, will fill in nicely at that tackle spot. Uh, so it seems, so you've got to start at, at quarterback. I, I guess that's what the answer uh, to your question was. But Bronson Yoder is a special. Running back as well. Uh, no, wait Bronson, a minute, Jay.
0: Wait a minute, Bronson Yoder. He was there at the turn of the century too.
1: What the heck is going smoking, on? Looking like a spider. <laughs> yes, exactly. Are you um, See, that's
0: the greatest compliment you can give an opposing player, though. When yeah, you say he's like been he there never, for, he,
1: he, yes. isn't that the case? And, yes. you know, we've we've seen a few of those. Exactly, Bob. And he, you know, he got over 1,200 yards on the ground last year, and he was complimented by complimented by a guy like uh, – um, um, uh, Malachiimo, mm-hmm. who is, is a dart uh, on the field, um, can run through the tiniest of holes, rush for, I think, six, 700 yards, one of our leading scores. A uh, very balanced attack for uh, offensive coordinator Christian Taylor to, to call on uh, this season.
0: Hey, Jay, I know this is a new team. It's a different team, right? It's not, It has a different personality and identity than last year's team. Uh, how much do you think these guys, at some point in the back of their mind, will hearken back to last year on two front to help them this year? And that, that's kind of my point here. The experience of winning 11 games and the confidence it gives you or the bad taste in their mouth from that last game?
1: I don't think I'm telling any secrets here. Um, I had uh, – we had the media day at the football uh, – uh, the Jimmy Laycock Center, actually, uh, today, and in their co- big conference room where all the guys could huddle. They were not there, but Coach London was. There's a chalkboard, and the chalkboard says 55-7. <laughs> That's been there since probably at the end of, end of the season last year. Mm-hmm. So they are reminded every day they have a team meeting what the final score of the, their final game was, Bob. Um, Pretty insightful, I think. I mean, if it had been me, I would have erased it and said, forget about it, you know, we're better than that, blah, blah, blah. But Coach London clearly is not me. I mean, he he motivates a wonderful motivator. And I think we're going to go into this game on Thursday night remembering that score.
0: So, Jay, let me ask you about this one then because I don't think coaches care at least the beginning of the season, end of the season. So your preseason, whatever, I think I've seen as high as four uh, preseason. Yeah,
1: three, three Three, in a couple places. Right,
0: right. So now how important is it to stay up there this time around so that you don't have to make the type of trip that you made last year because richmond did the same thing and they had to go cross country as well and that's tough at that time of year weather travel your body's already worn down because you played 11 12 games to make sure you're as high in those rankings as you possibly can be to get home games when it gets to november and december
1: Look, we could go back and and, and dissect last year, but the, the mantra on this year's team is is uh, Elon game, the Elon game at William and Mary mm, yeah. that the Tribe lost. Uh, we feel like cost us a, a home, uh, you know, a home home games throughout the playoffs. So yeah. clearly, every game counts. But I also I, look, you know, I've been around a while. We've already been over that. Um, <laughs> We, we, you go look at an 11, 12 game schedule, and you cannot expect to win every one. I don't think even a, a team as talented as this, it is the CAA after all. So, you know, to come out and say you cannot ha- be, be, have a blemish on your schedule, I think is a little bit far fetched. Now, it may be that way, and clearly every team takes it one week at a time, but will it need, will, will the tribe need to have an unblemished schedule in order to get a home, schedule, home, home field advantage the entire playoffs? Who knows? Will the Tribe make the playoffs? I mean, Bob, this league, I I would love to go back 20 years and look at the prognosticators because it seems to me in my old brain that more often than not, the teams that were picked in the bottom five finish somewhere in the top five, and two or three teams in Mm -hmm. the top three or four finish towards the end of the pack each and every year. And I think there's a reason for that. It's tough to predict FCS football because of of what injuries can do and in 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 this case what um transfers can do i mean this team we're playing campbell's got 17 fbs transfers that that are coming down from uh, wherever they came from. uh, mm-hmm. So they're a completely different team. The Tribe beat last year in Williamsburg 37-22, to 22, for instance. Yeah,
0: I, I think that makes them scary. I do. The great unknown there, particularly in Week 1 um, and the impact that all those transfers that that you mentioned will have on, on that particular game. And, and, you know, you said, I right, go back 20 years and somebody in the bottom of the league is going to be in the top. I think you're absolutely right about that. But you and I go back even more than 20 years. And the CAA yes, today... <laughs> Yes, we do. Uh, it doesn't need to be documented any more than you and I have already done that. Uh, the CAA today is not what the CAA was back then. I, I just wonder your thoughts on where the CAA has gone at this point. We're, we're talking about a Campbell now and a Monmouth now and a Hampton and an NCA&T, and, T, and this, is, this is an entirely different framework of the CAA than, than what we are used to. Let's put it that way.
1: You know, I don't know how much time – you have allotted for me, but I, I could make a you know, 15-minute diatribe on what you just said. I, I, I try not to because back 40-some-odd years ago when I started broadcasting William & Mary games, I heard from, um, let's just say, older alums that, oh, we're not playing the schedule we used to. We used to play Virginia Tech and Virginia and Wake Forest and almost an ACC schedule in the 60s and 70s. And I'm thinking, well, times have changed. You know, we're not the, 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 the powers that be elected not to... Go to the at that time Division One uh, A level, I think it was called, if I'm, my memory serves me right. So that decision was made. Well, fast forward forty years, and there's some teams, the JMU's, of the world, the Old Dominion's of the world, have elected to move up to the FBS level, and and well, you may or may not play those uh, teams uh, down the road, but it, it'll be a different level. Right? Clearly, for all the reasons, they'll have more money and more scholarships. But to answer your question directly, I still think even with the the nuances of the teams in this league, the CA should be able to hold itself with most every team, or every league, I should say, in, in uh, FCS football. I don't know if you agree with that statement or not. Uh, I think the playoffs pretty much prove that. Other than, you know, the elephants in the room, which is, is the Montana teams and the, the teams that play in that that, that western part of, of the country. Uh, but everybody else that the the, the CA should continue to hold its own to. And if you are best in the CAA or one of the top three or four teams in the CAA, I think you deserve a playoff berth and, and and have a have a real chance to go to Central.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, and I mean, I would, I would cut to the chase. I think the league is too big at this point. I understand why it was done because there is power in numbers and realignment eventually hits everybody. I know we're talking about, you know, the Pac-12 and the ACC and the Big Ten, but at some point it'll trickle down and you want to be in the most powerful position you can be. So I can understand quantity in that situation. Here's what I'm going to say to you, Jay, and I looked at your schedule and I didn't realize, but here's the crying shame in the schedules, the way they're laid out now, neither Richmond or William & Mary plays either Delaware or Villanova this year. And to me, that just can't happen for this to be the league that we want it to be. How's that for a strong I, I, statement?
1: I agree. First thing I looked at, Bob, that that truly is is a remarkable statement. And uh, nor does the Tribe play New Hampshire, uh, which has also been a great rivalry yep. over the years uh, mm-hmm. with, with the Tribe. So, you know, you got that, you know, I, I suspect, I, I clearly, it's going to be unbalanced. I mean, for goodness sake, 16 teams in the league, mm-hmm. you know, it's, clearly it's going to be unbalanced. I don't know where the league is going with, with that angle. Um, but hopefully the cooler heads will prevail, and athletic directors will get together and say, look, you know, we do want to draw some fans to these games, and the Villanovas and the Richmonds and the Delawares in the world not only bring fans to Williamsburg, but also – um, uh, excite the fan base, yeah. um, you know with those teams not on the schedule, clear the Richmond wins, But Richmond's away this year, so the home schedule, you know, doesn't really have a tremendous amount of. Um, um, no, I'm sorry, Richmond's home this year. That Richmond is home right, this year. So you at least
0: um, you you're you're right on it though. You do get Richmond at home. We don't, and we don't get Delaware yeah. or Villanova either. Like the the home yeah. schedules for both of us are not yep. selling a whole lot of tickets. Let's be honest. Yep. it's not at yep. Richmond, and it's not at William and Mary either.
1: Right, right. that's yeah. and that's uh, at some point in time, that's got to that's got to raise its ugly head. I mean, yeah. uh, with yeah. with, uh, but but then again, if you're the head coach, you know, do you really yeah. want to play Delaware, Villanova, right. and Richmond, and right. New Hampshire every year? And then you know somebody else is uh, playing the other teams, and I yep. won't name them because you know, they, we from, again from year in and year out, you don't know who's going to be good or not on this level, but you can pretty much bet that Delaware and Villanova are going to be competitive in this league each and every year.
0: Absolutely. And I agree with you, Mike London and Russ Huseman, who are old colleagues and great friends would bite their tongue here and say, Hey, yeah, I know we're not putting people in the seats, but this is a favorable schedule on paper. We got to go out and win them. obviously, but it, it is a favorable schedule on paper. Having said that, Jay, in our last couple of minutes here, um, what does that do to the significance of your Virginia game? I mean, it's always a big deal. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, players at the FCS level always want to play that game. Um, and I, somebody asked me about this the other day. When you play an FBS, if you lose, it doesn't really hurt you that much. Uh, even if Virginia struggles, it really won't hurt you that much. But if you can win that game, and William Mary will have a legitimate chance to win that game on October 7th, man, that could really spike you up when it comes to playoff time.
1: It could. I mean, the tribe went down to Charlotte last year to open up the year and got the FBS win under mm-hmm. uh, right. Coach London, and and uh, it seemed to catapult us into the you know talking. I think the tribe was maybe rated 17th or 18th going into the season, and I think that shot us up to 10th or 11th or 12 or whatever. But uh, uh, clearly, a win over an ACC team would even do more uh, for not only the program but 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 the rankings. Might would give us a little bit of a slip up, if you will. Um, in, in the league, if the tribe does happen to slip up in, in the uh, in, in conference somewhere, but again, conference schedule is very tough to run the table, particularly in the CAA. Absolutely.
0: All right, Jay. I just heard the sirens, so the periods must be moving <laughs> along there at practice. Did we, so, uh,
1: yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. And I'm, I'm watching. I'm learning. I'm learning, Coach. I'm learning.
0: I can't wait to hear all of what you've learned on your broadcasts this year. Heading <laughs> off to Bowie's Creek, are you, for game one on Thursday night. Jay Colley, the voice of the tribe. Have a great call the long, down there, Jay. Long time. The, yep. the
1: long-time voice. Long-time yes, voice.
0: Yes. That's, put that in front of both of us, and, and away <laughs> we go. Take care, buddy. All right. See you in November. Thank you, Jay. Jay Colley, the voice of the tribe of William & Mary. Not every day we get those guys on the air with us when they're out there watching uh, practice, and uh, this is this – is, um, Probably William Mary's last full go practice today because they'll practice tomorrow and then head on the road tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow night to get to Campbell for the game on on Thursday night. That Richmond game, still a long way off. Saturday, November 18th, the Spiders will be in Williamsburg, and we both hope that there's an awful lot on the line when those two teams meet in Williamsburg. We'll meet again after we take a timeout. We'll get you up to five o'clock ESPN Sports Center update at the top of the hour. We are wide, wide open in hour two of the Sports How to Lock it in with us. 1061 ESPN.